Yeah, you. Yeah, how's it going? So today it's just me and you. Uh, Dave, unfortunately, can't be here with us to, to have a conversation today. Yeah, he's been having a rough time with the winter weather there where he lives. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, all the big news, of you know, with the weather in Texas and the winter storm there. And and so, uh, yeah, definitely keep him in your thoughts. And, uh, he'll, you know, he'll definitely be back next month with our next discussion that me and him have. But uh, for now, for this episode, um, I'm doing something that I've wanted to do for a while now. Um, it's just kind of an idea that I had, and maybe nobody else would really would even care about this, but I've got these, uh, 50 movie packs and you've probably seen them at stores. You probably see them around, um, you know, there's these big collections of, you know, maybe public domain movies, maybe just like, uh, lesser known, like grindhouse style movies. But anyway, you get like 50 movies for like 20 bucks or that, you know, that's how much they were when they, when they first came out. Like I first picked one up, I think I picked up my first 50 pack in like the mid two thousands and it was titled the chilling classics. And, uh, so these are all, a lot of these movie packs were put out by, by a company called Mill Creek entertainment. And, uh, I'm sure most everybody know has heard of Mill Creek, but, um, they're basically just, you know, a distribution company or like a home video company. They're founded in the early two thousands. You know, they're known for their, for these like, 50 pack collections that they put out. They were kind of like the first company that really did it. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of the movies are like these grindhouse movies or movies in the public domain, things like that. Not the highest quality transfers, but a lot of times these 50 movie packs are the only way to get some of these movies. They're just, they just haven't been released on a physical, uh, format. So that's kind of like the draw to pick up some of these packs because you get some of these really obscure, weird, uh, movies from like the seventies, eighties, uh, or even earlier. So it just depends. And, and I, and I love these packs because, you know, I'm always like one to look for a deal. So like for me, these give me like the most bang for my buck, you know, 50 movies for however much you pay, like $20 or less. So you really can't go wrong. Um, and I found some movies that I really enjoy in these packs. Um, but, uh, so what I wanted to do, this is kind of like a, this is going to be an ongoing series and I'm just going to go through like my, the 50 movie packs that I own movie by movie and do reviews for each movie. And so since the first pack that I picked up was the chilling classics, um, I'm going to be starting with that pack. Um, and I know that that pack has that specifically that pack has, I had some changes to it with like the later releases. They don't have the same movies as they did when it first came out. But a lot of these movies you can still find on YouTube or even like Amazon Prime or Tubi. Um, and I'll let you know where you can find these movies to stream as I'm talking about them. But I've always wanted to talk about, I don't know. I, I just really have a fascination with these weird, obscure grindhouse movies. And I don't really hear too many other podcasts or people talking about them. So I wanted to take this opportunity to, to do that. And so this is just going to be like an ongoing series. Um, me and Dave are still going to have our, uh, monthly discussions on horror topics. Uh, but this is a series that's just going to be something that I've always wanted to do. And so I'm going to do this, try to do this every couple of weeks. Um, or so on a regular basis anyway. So, um, so going down, so on this first 50 movie pack, the first movie, that is on the list is a movie 
from 1978 called The Alpha Incident. And uh, this is kind of a mixture of horror and sci-fi. And uh, the the basic uh, the basic plot is it's basically like a they sent like a probe to Mars, and then they brought the probe back to Earth. Well, when the probe came back, it they found that it had this microorganism uh, either on or in the probe. I'm not really sure. They don't really explain it. They don't go into too much depth into. Uh, like how the probe got the microorganism on it or in it, whatever. So, but they just discover that it's got this uh, alien microorganism on it. And so they really don't know what it does. Um, you know, if it can affect people or whatever. so, so these scientists in this laboratory, they're doing experiments with this microorganism to see its effects on, on living beings, you know, so they're testing on rats and, uh, you know, at first, you know, it doesn't seem to really like do anything. They're just like, okay, you know, it's just, but you know when they first uh expose the uh the rats to the microorganism there doesn't really see any change but then the next day when the scientists come in they notice that the rats are dead you know like they're it almost seems like they're like heads exploded it really may i think it really makes them interested in this microorganism like a scientific interest but also you know the military is going to get involved and they have a interest in this you know something that they can weaponize as like a biochemical weapon. You know, this is all kind of happening, you know, towards the beginning of the movie. It's, it's just kind of like you have, you kind of, you have this like kind of back and forth with these scientists and, uh, and then they kind of, then they talk about, well, how are we going to get it from our laboratory to a more secure location? And so that's when they get into the discussion of, well, we should uh, transport it to this uh, base. That's kind of across you know, the country. It's up North or something. And so they decide, well, we can't do it by plane because that'll, that'll bring too much attention to, to us. And we, and we want to kind of do this on the down low. You know, we don't want to have too many eyes on this. So they, they decided to take it by train. And they said, well, we're not going to do like a full military escort. We're just going to give, we're just going to put one guard in place to guard it or one person to kind of escort the packages, the boxes on this train as it, as it goes along its route. Well, of course, you know, this one person, you know, he's got to sleep sometime and when he does, you know, the, the conductor, he, he's really, he's a really curious guy and he really wants to know what's in these boxes. And so he sees an opportunity. He goes back there to check it out. And of course he, uh, ends up breaking open one of these canisters and, it, and he gets infected. He's exposed to this, this virus and so, uh, or this bacteria, whatever it is. And, uh, he tries to kind of you know, act like nothing's wrong, but then now uh, it's discovered that he's broken that the, the one guy that's, that's there to escort the canisters, he discovers that ones are broken. And so he, uh, while they're stopped, they have to make this stop at this little, uh, switch station. It's kind of like it was, this movie is filmed in Wisconsin. So there's like a little switch station up there, kind of, you know, up in the, up there in Wisconsin and they, uh, they're going to switch to a different, a different car or a different engine to take it the rest of the way up to wherever the military base is where this, uh, virus is going to be stored. So, uh, but once they get there, the, uh, course, you know, the, the train engineer that was infected were exposed. He gets off the train and he starts talking to everybody and, 
uh, now this like in this switch office, um, it's like, it's like a couple of rooms. It's like a little small building and there's a couple of employees that are there in the office. There's, we have Charlie. He's a guy that's been there for a long time. You know, he's just kind of riding, biding his time until retirement. And you have like kind of a more of a secretary person named Jenny. And they're just kind of, there doing their daily day-to-day business. And you also have Jack. He's another character. Um, and he is just kind of like a, he's like a switchman, I think, or something like that. Anyway, he, I think he handles kind of like, uh, hooking up the cars or something like that. Anyway, he, he basically goes up and down the line where he's stationed and just kind of like does things along the line, like switches tracks and does like that, things like that. So I forgot to mention, so the guy that was escorting the cancers, he is Dr. Sorensen, you know, so he, he gets off the train whenever it stops at the switch station and uh, he's he's going inside to talk to people, but he he wanted to go check on the canisters just to make sure that nothing happened to him on the trip so far. And when he goes back to check on him, he discovers that one of the canisters has been broken, and so he, you know, he's like, "Oh crap!" So he, well, he asked uh, the conductor, which is named Hank, "Did you break the canister?" And 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 it comes, you know, he comes clean and says, "Yes, I broke it. I cut my hand." Uh, on the canister, he cuts his hand too. So that's another thing I didn't mention. So he cuts his hand, and that's actually the way that the uh, that the virus kind of affects him. And then it's like anybody that he has physical contact with is also infected. That's kind of the the theory that they're going by. So Doctor Sorensen he calls the military, calls his scientist, but he say, "Hey, we've got a problem here. We've we've been we've all been exposed to this virus, the space virus." And so the military puts them on lockdown, puts them on quarantine. So it's basically these four people. You've got Charlie, the old guy, Jenny, the secretary, Jack, the switchman, and Dr. Sorensen. They're all stuck in this little switch office. And they basically just have to um, stay there until the military gives them the antidote, basically, until they figure out how to create antibodies or a vaccine for this space virus. So anyway, so that's basically, that's kind of like a long drawn out premise for this movie, but I'll probably get better at explaining these movies as I go along, but I just wanted to kind of give a, a brief plot setup to kind of what's going on. And, and you know, from there, obviously, you know, when you have people cooped up in like a small space for a long period of time, um, you know, they get antsy and they get uh, tempers flare, you know, questions are asked because, you know, these railroad employees, they're asking questions like, hey, what's going on? And Dr. Sorensen can only tell them so much because this is really supposed to be like a top secret type thing. So anyway, all those kinds of things going on, all these different personalities clustered together in this small space, you know, especially with Jack, the switchman. He is a real abrasive personality. He's like, you know, I think one of his lines is like, I never stay in a place for very long unless I'm sleeping or in bed with a chick. You know, I think that's what he says. And he's just one of those kind of guys. He, you know, he's that guy. But uh, so it creates an interesting scenario or that's the setup anyway for an inter- interesting scenario. Unfortunately, this movie, it doesn't do a whole lot with this plot. You're, you're basically stuck in this room with these people as they kind of like talk. They basically talk about what's going on. You know, and they just wait for a call from the scientists or the military. But then that, alongside this, you're also following the story of the scientists studying the the, uh, the virus and the military trying to decide what they're going to do with these people because they can't let them go. 
And, uh, you know, they're, you know, it's eventually f- discovered that, that the people cannot go to sleep. Like if they go to sleep, then they're going to, then they're going to die. And so this is really like, if you think about it, this is a setup similar to Nightmare on Elm Street, um, where the, the characters can't go to sleep because they're afraid they're going to die. And so you ha- actually have this setup earlier than Nightmare on Elm Street, which is an interesting premise, but this one does not really do a whole lot with it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't go the links that like Nightmare on Elm Street did. You, you, when you have somebody like Wes Craven that can really take command of the story and really craft a interesting story, like a an intriguing story out of it. So we have that in this one as well. I would say this one takes a lot, takes a lot from the Andromeda strain. And that movie came out in 1971. Uh, so I have a feeling that this took a lot of inspiration from that movie. And also you kind of have a siege type movie where people are stuck in a small space that they can't leave. Um, similar to the Night of the Living Dead, but this is kind of like a reverse situation. They're the ones being kept inside instead of trying to keep something on the outside from getting in. They're being kept from going out. You have, with the acting, you have some pretty good acting. Um, I was convinced that, you know, these are real people. I think they did a good job with the acting. But like I said, this is mainly a movie about four people in a room talking about their situation, asking questions, getting into arguments. And we do have a uh, we do have one escape attempt, and it doesn't end well for that person. But at least it, it kind of puts Doctor Sorensen in like a tough spot because he is basically in charge. He's supposed to be in charge of the situation, uh, but he's really not prepared to to be in this spot. Like he's just not like with his personality and stuff. You can tell it's just not his it's not his cup of tea to take charge really or to be like to try to keep people in line. He's just, he's just real, real reluctant to even like, he just tells people, Hey, look, you just got to stay here. One of the, one of the things that kind of does add some tension besides the, the tension between the characters is they don't really know what's going to happen when they fall asleep. They just know that they're going to die. And that's some of the questions that are asked. Hey, what happens when we do fall asleep? And Dr. Sorensen, he's only, he's only been given limited information so he really doesn't know either. So that's really causing some tension too. You know, the one complaint I would have besides just kind of the slow pacing of the movie is some of the scenes are t- very dark. Um, there's like some scenes where they're, they're in the train car and you really can't see what's going on. The, the lighting is just really bad. Um, other than that, the cinematography is fine. It's nothing to write home about. It's, 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 you know, competent, I would say. I think there is, as far as like some of the, plot devices that they use to move the plot along. It's kind of lazy writing. You know, they, they kind of thought of, of a better way to get the, to cause the exposure, I guess, because basically what happens is Dr. Sorensen just falls asleep on the train car and uh, Hank as the conductor, he like gets the keys to the, to the back car because Dr. Sorensen, he's holding them in his hand while he falls asleep and the keys just fall out of his hand onto the floor and that's how Hank gets the keys. So I'm like, really? You're really going to be holding your keys in your hand and then fall asleep with them and drop them? Like, I would think that Dr. Sorensen would, like, kind of be more on guard. Like, if he's going to fall asleep, like, keep your keys in your pocket. You know, that's not that tough. But I feel like they had to do that just to kind of move the plot along and get that exposure happening. So it's just, I feel like they could have done a little better with that. You know, another, you know, like I said, there's the, the slow pacing. You really don't know what's going to happen. So it does add some tension, but the tension, it just, they just kind of drag it on for too long because 
it's like an hour and 24 minutes before you even see what happens when somebody falls asleep. But when you do see it, it's really cool. Like there's some really cool, like body horror stuff going on. Um, the effects are pretty decent, pretty good. But you know, that being said, pretty much all of the action is in the last 10 minutes of the movie. So if you're not a patient person, this probably isn't the movie for you. So this movie, um, so as far as the actors go, like the per first person that I did notice was a uh, Hank, who was the, the train conductor that, you know, the kind of the clumsy guy that breaks one of the canisters. He is played by George Buck flower. And he's definitely a recognizable name. Uh, if you, if you're a fan of John Carpenter, you'll recognize him as, uh, he was in, they live. He was the homeless guy that, uh, becomes a collaborator with the aliens, but he's been on a lot of, I think he's, he's been on a lot of stuff. Oh, he's also in uh, Starman, and he's also in Village of the Damned. He was Carlton in Village of the Damned, if that gives you any clue. It's been a long time since I've seen Village of the Damned or Starman, so I'm not really sure. I don't really remember him from those movies, but I do remember him from They Live. Um, he, I guess he was also in Back to the Future. He played a bum. You know, so that's just kind of like, that's just kind of the roles that he plays, kind of like bums, homeless guys, like old, just old guys. I don't know, he's... He just has that look, you know, kind of a, and the way he talks, he has kind of an accent. So he just kind of comes across as like a country bumpkin. Uh, but, you know, he's great. He's great in this. You know, he, he plays the part perfectly. Uh, I really didn't recognize any of the other actors in this movie. So for the most part, it's pretty much just kind of unknown actors. So this movie was directed by a guy named Bill Rebane. He's done some other, it looks like he's done some other kind of grindhouse type movies. He did a, uh, Monster a go, go in 1965 and he did the capture of Bigfoot in 1979. So those actually look interesting and I don't, they might be on one of these packs too. Uh, so I'll have to definitely keep an eye out for that. So I would say for alpha incident, I think that Dave is actually a fan of this one too. At least he's got the, he's got the t-shirt of this movie, which I thought was really funny. That's kind of one of the things that we've kind of connected on, uh, was I saw the one day I saw he's wearing the t-shirt of the alpha incident. I was like, Whoa, that's, that's a cool t-shirt. So I think he's a fan of this movie. Um, you guys can ask him about that. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it, this is a movie. If you liked the, the Andromeda Strain, you you might like this one. Um, it's it's an interesting movie. If nothing else, just to see like the last ten minutes because that's kind of when you see what happens when people fall asleep, and you know you have some buildup of like tension between the characters and kind of things kind of kind of like escalate and you know kind of play out at the end. Um, it is kind of a bleak movie, you know, with something like this, it's hard to kind of see a, a, a happy ending, but you know, I don't want to give too much away, but just kind of going into it, knowing that, but yeah, I would, I would say it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, for me, I, I didn't mind it. I was entertained by the different characters that you have. They really kind of bring out the, the acting is really well done. So there's some interesting interaction with some of the characters. Um, so anyway, I would say that, uh, you know, if you, if you have like an, this movie is like an hour and a half long. If you have an hour and a half to kill, uh, this movie is on YouTube. I found it on YouTube, you know, a decent copy. There's, I don't think there's really any like great, great transfer of this out there because I think this has only been put out on physical media, like one time besides the 50 movie pack. And so I just don't think any company is really going to, going to invest the time and money into like restoring this movie. You can definitely find it on YouTube. Uh, a pretty a pretty decent copy there about well it's about the same as what you would get on the on the Mill Creek DVDs so anyway so yeah like I said I'm gonna be going through each movie on my 
I'm going to start off with the Chilling Classics 50 movie pack and going through each movie there. And uh, there's kind of a there's kind of a wide range of movies. Most of them are horror, but some of them are more like sci-fi. Some of them are more like action. But I'm still going to go through all of them just just for grins, you know, because um, these are all kind of weird, obscure movies. So I hope you have fun with as much fun with this as I'm having because I love these kind of grindhouse movies, these weird movies. And so thanks for checking this out. Like I said, you know, this is Andy. You can follow me on Twitter at Black Cat Podcast. And also I'm on Instagram at Andy Ustry. It's at A-N-D-Y-U-S-S-E-R-Y. And uh, I also have to say I'm part of the SIP network. I'm so thankful to be part of this podcast network. It's the Slightly Irregular Podcast Network. And you can find our website at SIPnet.us. You can find us on Twitter at Network SIP. And, uh, there's, you know, there's a, there's a wide range of podcasts on the network. You got anything from motivation with angry dad podcast. He's really good with like just kind of encouraging people, inspiring people, getting people motivated to get off their ass and do something with their life. So I've been really appreciating that. And also he just kind of has some kind of like rants about things that happens in his life. They're always kind of interesting. Uh, you know, for me, like I'm, I'm always like interested in like, the slice of life type documentaries. I just kind of give you a glimpse into somebody else's a day in their life, you know, kind of thing. So I appreciate listening to Ben and like his, uh, you know, his, his episodes and you have Faye five from fans with, with Jamie, you know, he talks about, he brings on a guest and they talk about like their favorite five things from a specific topic. It could be movies, a particular style of movie, or it could be TV shows. It could be, like their favorite, anything, whatever it is, um, you know, kind of within pop culture, you know, so I really, that's a fun show. And you have terrible terror with Brian. He goes through and he'll do like a walkthrough through a movie. Usually it's horror, but sometimes he kind of, uh, branches off into like fantasy, sci-fi animation. And he kind of like goes through these walkthroughs and does like funny commentary on these movies. It's really good. Um, you got the back in time podcast, you got Kyle and JD, um, they go through and talk about these like retro movies, movies from their childhood that they watched growing up. And they kind of go back and take another view of these movies and see what they think of them now, seeing them with adult eyes. And they also have two different episodes. They'll do like a, a teaser trailer episode where they kind of talk about the box office numbers when the movie first came out and things like that. And the user reviews and the critic reviews and things like that. And kind of like talk about, you know, their first experience of the movies and then like the second the companion episode is like where they actually go in and uh, do like a full review of the movie. They, they do kind of like a a walkthrough commentary of the movie. And sometimes they bring on a guest and that's really cool. Um, their show is really funny, really informative. And you have paranormal pativity. You got Pat talking about ghosts and spirits. I really enjoy listening to that. Pat and Brian from Terrible Chair also on It Be Like That. And it's kind of like, a, it's another kind of like, for me, it's kind of like another slice of life podcast where they're talking about like what's going on in their life, like how the week has been. And then just kind of any like current topics that they want to talk about, like sports or like any video games that they've been playing. Um, you know, anything like that. It's just, it's just, they're just like two cool guys. Like it's like kind of, they're just like kind of like catching up and having a good conversation. It's, it's really cool. It's really funny. Then you have from the waste, which is with Evan, which is like a post-apocalyptic um, themed podcast where he talks about movies or books with that theme and other topics within that theme. And, uh, that's really, uh, that's really interesting too. And you have 
Andrew over at the Dead Hand Radio podcast. He talks about uh, the Cold War. He talks about its influence on many different areas of our lives, from pop culture to government. And then he's also branched off into like UFOs, kind of some paranormal stuff. And so it's really interesting. Uh, he, he really goes in depth with the, he interviews authors and other people that experience uh, that may have had some kind of encounters with UFOs or they, they may be UFO researchers. Um, so he does these, he does his episodes are in like interview styles. Uh, he really goes in depth. And so it's really fascinating. And I can't forget, you know, you got Dave, you know, my, my co-host on here, he's got a podcast from another world, which is a bonus episode on the terrible terror feed. And so Dave will go and look at some of these older sci-fi movies that he loves, like the black and white stuff. And he'll do reviews and like walk through and commentary on his episodes. And he's also joined by his girlfriend, Julie. Uh, that's just kind of a new addition. So that's really exciting. I'm excited to hear more from them. And also Dave and Julie also have It's Always Christmas. It's a Christmas themed podcast. And uh, they've got a couple of episodes. It's just, it's a new podcast. So they are uh, just getting started, but they do have a couple episodes out. Their latest episode was their top five Christmas songs. So that was fun to hear them talk about that. Um, oh, and I forgot. Ben from Angry Dad Podcast also has two other uh, shows that he does. He does uh, he does. I Married a Bigfoot with the Not So Angry Mom. And that's always fun to listen to because I kind of uh, I kind of identify more with Ben because he's like he's a, a believer in like cryptids and UFOs and ghosts. And I'm kind of there with him and his wife is kind of more skeptical side. So it's interesting to hear like kind of the, the counterpoint to what, to what Ben is saying. Um, you know, and so it's, it's a really interesting show, show because they go, they look at like a video that's supposed to show like a ghost or a Bigfoot or whatever. And then they kind of comment on it. They watch it and they comment on it, kind of give the two opposing views or the two different viewpoints, which I really enjoy. Ben also does your dad's action movies. He, uh, he, he talks about different, uh, action movies from the eighties and nineties. So that's really cool. I, that's, that's like my favorite kind of action movie. So I'll definitely get excited about whenever he has a new episode with that. And then, uh, Kyle from back in time podcast and Pat from it be like that. And also paranormal Pativity, they both joined up to do a weight loss journey podcast called chafing the dream. And, uh, it's a really great podcast. It's really motivational for me. I mean, you know, even if you're not in the same situation as them, like it's a, it's a, it is a really great podcast to listen to, like, because it is relatable in a lot of different ways, not just with weight loss, but just kind of like struggles with life, man, just like, just like everyday life. So I really enjoy like listening to these guys. It's, it's encouraging to me. Um, even, you know, what, you know, things that I am trying to do in my own life, it kind of gives me courage to kind of like take the next step. And Jamie from Fade Fire from Fans, he also has another podcast called Complete Disarray. Yeah, this is kind of like uh, uh, another show that Jamie does where he he kind of he kind of it's more of like a discussion format. He doesn't really do a lot of he. It's different than Fade Fire from Fans because he doesn't necessarily do lists. He does more just kind of a general discussion. So that's always fascinating to hear him talk about that. And I think that's everything. There are several podcasts. There's a wide range of podcasts on the Sim Network. So I'm always excited to see what these guys are doing. Check all these shows out. Like I said, you can find them on Twitter at Network Sip and the website is SipNet.us. So once again, this is Andy signing off. You've been listening to the World of Horror.